0: guys I just wanted to pop in and give some suggestions of products that have been really helping me unwind I mean right now especially with everything that's going on in the world there's just so much stress and it's really weighing on everybody you know i think with all the things that are going on in ukraine and you know just the world events not to mention all of the things that are always on our minds as professionals and as people you know getting trying to just get through the day it's so important for us to have this time every evening where we can sit down in a space that is just it's made for us to relax so Anyways, long story short, some of the things I've been loving to create that ambiance and that space for myself every evening are these amazing perfumes by this brand new um, brand that I discovered. It's called The Heart Company. They make these phenomenal scents that are made at the best perfume house in France. And the scents are actually named after emotions. So one of the scents is called happiness. Another one is called positivity. And, you know, another one is me time. So when you use them, that essence of that emotion is just so beautifully crafted into these actual perfumes so if you spritz a little bit they're super light so they're super light and they just linger in the most beautiful way so if you're looking for something to really help set that tone no matter where you are what you're doing especially if you're traveling and you're in a hotel and you just want to feel like a little piece of home right? It's a great option so check them out again the heart company and my favorite scent is positivity it smells phenomenal so stay tuned for this episode and oh by the way i hope you've been using lulav because that serum i kid you not every single day i see phenomenal improvements in my skin like i've been using it religiously i mean that's the best way i can put it and it's really made a difference in just the overall like feel texture everything on my skin so that's it i just wanted to share those with you i love putting those little nuggets out for you guys to try you know it's a really really complicated um industry so check them out the heart company and obviously lulove and stay tuned for this awesome episode a big myth in the beauty space is that there are also products that work for everyone The truth is that's just not true and finding what works for you that's really really difficult and then on top of it making sure that it's clean yeah that whole process can be extremely overwhelming and time consuming that's why i love naked poppy because it is the ideal space for a clean beauty consumer that really wants quality products they have a patented beauty algorithm that matches you with the best clean makeup and skincare brands that fit you the best. The products are all amazing and the brands are all very, very top notch and high quality. Naked Poppy carries the best beauty products for independent, clean brands. Their scientists bet every single product and bet every single ingredient on the level of safety. I love everything they carry, and when I tried it, I found some of my now Holy Grail products. So I really urge you guys check them out. And if you're interested, they have been super nice and offered our listeners a 10% off discount code. So if you go onto Naked Poppy's website and type in ANARCHY at checkout, you will get 10% off. I hope you guys love this episode coming up with Simone Oliver, who is the editor-in-chief of one of my all-time favorite magazines, Refinery29. It is such a unique publication, and I've been so honored and humbled to interview her. But check out Naked Poppy. Use the discount code for 10% off. Again, it's one word, anarchy. And let us know if you how much you love the brands. All right, guys. Talk soon. guys welcome back to skincare anarchy this is ekta and wow do i have a guest today um i'm a huge fan of this publication i have been uh, for a very very long time i think since i first saw it um so this is very surreal for me um and so without further ado i want to introduce you guys to simone oliver who is the editor-in-chief of refinery 29 welcome to the show simone thank you thank you happy to be here thanks for having me Oh, it's such an honor to host you. I love all of the work that you guys do um, at Refinery. I'm a huge fan and I just, I can't imagine the amazing career you must have had. So that's really where I want to start is if you can tell us how you got into publishing and editorial and journalism and stuff
1: that if you can walk us down memory lane. Yes, yes. Happy to share. Um, So I started in undergrad um, as an English major. And um quickly, you know, like very early on in my academic career, I realized that um, I wanted to do a little bit more, um, something different from the traditional kind of academic um, curriculum right yeah. that English majors often have, and I wanted to learn a different way of writing and um so i checked out the school paper and that's when i realized okay wait this is this is just different you know like it's still using the english language um it's still a lot of what i enjoy but um it's very different from shakespeare and chaucer and all the all the friends right and um so that was kind of how i got i think like my first taste um of journalism there were a lot that things that happened leading up to that but I would say like as far as the real pivotal moments um, that pushed me in this direction that definitely um, th- that's where I kind of like give the credit right and so I started working at my school paper and I it was very much like peer mentorship right where I was uh, learning from the editor of the paper and he kind of taught me like this is a lead this is a net graph and um I was doing all like literally writing for all sections, right? So I covered the the women's track team. Um, I, uh, you know, covered entertainment. Ludacris was coming to campus. I'm dating myself, but (laughs) that was the story I covered. Um, (laughs) And then uh, what else? You know, campus crime, going and talking to the police and campus police and in dorm people and just, you know, understanding, okay, what happened here? There was a robbery, really? What happened? Um, All that sort of stuff, right? And um, eventually, you know, I really started to get the hang of it but I was still on track as an English major which really kind of pushes you in the academia realm of things and and I'm so sorry to your audience because I am congested luckily it's not COVID so I said I feel like I sound like a cartoon character right now but trying to give you my whole story <laughs> um, so you know, by the time I got to my uh junior beginning of senior year, I realized, wait i this is what I actually want to do some sort of you know work in publishing um but I didn't have the undergrad um uh, like list of internships that a lot of my peers had had, you know, especially during the summers or during um uh, in when school was in sessions, so I started to panic, you know, and I really felt like, oh wait, 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 so I guess I'm applying to Teach for America, you know, and like, I want to be a teacher, I want to do research, my minor was child development. So I thought maybe I'd write there and um, do research and perhaps write books, right. But again, not really having a clue, but just trying to find my way as many uh, undergrads, graduating undergrads do. And um, I had heard through a couple of different sources, as well as seen a flyer in the School of Communications. Um, I saw a flyer about the New York Times starting a new uh, bootcamp slash internship program, and it was called the New York Times Student Journalism Institute. And this would be their first class of students. You had to apply, show your clips, uh, write essays, you know, it was very rigorous um, application process. But the end game was that they would choose 30 students from all across um, the states. And you would go down to another school's campus, turn it into a newsroom and create report, edit, um, create a, uh, a publication from scratch. So basically a student version of the New York Times and I applied at the very last minute because I was still unsure. And I was also very intimidated, um, but I did it. I, I had to pay extra to send my application overnight, which I'm sure, you know, was great, especially when you're a broke student. Um, and um, I got it. And so I was one of the 30 students who, um, you know, ended up spending two straight weeks with New York Times uh, editors and learning under them, um, but also collaborating with other uh, journalism communications, English major, you know, photographer, um, page design uh, students, and we all put a product together and it was it was wonderful
0: that's so cool I love that you had this like you know amazing like education aspect of it where you really got to like kind of figure it out before you got into like you know just the job aspect of it I mean I don't see that much in education that's why I mentioned it it's it's really refreshing to hear that they gave you this hands-on you know aspect of learning like this is you know how you do it what you want to do I mean you know we didn't even have that in science I remember (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Um, So what about like Refinery? I know Refinery isn't like a super old publication. It's like a very up and coming, like ever since I've, you know, been in college, like I've seen it everywhere. And, you know, I always wondered about the the really unique take on, I guess, sporting and especially like with beauty and journalism in that area. So I would love for you to speak about like the overall vibe and the overall feel of the publication, how that fits in with like what you like to do as a reporter and a journalist. Like, how does everything mesh together for you?
1: Yeah, um, it, you know, it's all storytelling, and so for us, uh, we we see ourselves as a service brand. Um, Refinery started in two thousand and five as. A a shopping brand, right? They really were an alternative to your very mainstream, popular um, publications that kind of championed a lot of the same brands, you know, especially luxury brands. And um, Refinery started as a a shopping guide to New York City, and there was a lot of you know up and coming um, boutiques, designers, you know, they, they. definitely covered, you know, the big established people as well, you know, global voices. But um, it was really such a discovery mechanism for me when the brand first started. So that's where like I initially fell in love with Refinery. And I think coming to the brand and taking the helm, um, that was really important to me, especially when it came to to style and beauty, um, really being a place where people feel like, okay, I'm going to get the real reporting, but I also have, you know, there's a, there's an irreverence there to any sort of status quo that, you um, you know, we approach conversations in a very raw, but relatable way. Um, and there is no, the only standard we have is really just serving our audience through rigorous, you know, storytelling and intimate storytelling.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that definitely shines through, but it's also like the aspect I think of like the pop culture and like, I feel like Refinery, you guys just do things very, um, I guess more of a real way, if that makes sense. Like, Yes, I appreciate that. I see articles that are just not like they're they're almost like raw and you get the information and it's like great writing and I don't know I just I really appreciate it you know as a reader and as a as a huge fan but um I want to you know I want to learn about like in terms of being an editor-in-chief like what is that like because I know we have movies and stuff like Devil Wears Prada and you know what I mean <laughs> everyone has just like mysticized this uh concept right of what it must feel like so I would love for you to like just talk about some of your favorite moments or some great stories that you've covered um recently I'd love to hear from you about that
1: yeah um so I mean I've started at refinery in the pandemic so I think my experience as a global editor-in-chief of refinery um is probably a unique one right um I think there's a lot of like gloss in the job that's probably missing because of the pandemic, you know, to be truthful. But I think um, one thing I've tried to do is make sure that everyone in the team has been okay and that, 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 um, you know, in supporting them, they can bring that into their work and their storytelling. So um, we recently relaunched um, R29 Style and um, that was really important for me to do when I came to the brand. because. it we've done so much more, though the type of coverage that refinery has done, the scope I mean, um, has really widened over, you know, since its inception. It's got it started as a fashion brand, and then next thing you know, it was like Trump, 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 you know, and then it was like, you know, money diaries. And so the the scope ended up being pretty wide. And when I came, I really just took a, a, a hardcore look at um where what do people think of when they think of refinery where are we breaking through where do we where have we developed authority right um and that trust from our audience and that's that's really important so um literally just earlier this week we three days ago um we launched r29 style and 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 r29 style isn't one thing right it's really an ecosystem where you can find fashion beauty shopping information from refinery right you can discover new brands um you can buy from those brands on site um you can find us on tiktok you We we relaunched our Instagram, which had um, been on hiatus for a while. Um, you get to know our editors. I think it's really important to form a relationship between, you know, the people behind the bylines, behind the scenes, behind, you know, all the the content that we're producing, the newsletters, all of the above, um, and really create that relationship, right? And you kind of know, like, all right, this is so and so. They're writing this beauty story, but um, you know, I kind of I can recognize them, and you feel more of a sense of connection with them um, in that case. So I'm working on that as well. But we just launched um, 29 Big Styles Big style ideas. Um, This is a franchise that we do seasonally um, and it includes um, just kind of the trends and in beauty and in personal style and in shopping. And I encourage everyone here to check it out. And it's really about what's inspiring you right now, right? And the editors um, Across Refinery, right? And when you think about what's inspiring you, it's definitely not the same things that were inspiring you pre-pandemic, right? And so now that we're two years in, um, nothing is the same when it comes to self-expression and that is wildly exciting to us and you know when we look at, at, at like you said pop culture and the influences there but also looking in, inward you know and, and spending a lot of time alone and spending a lot of time with just like your your nuclear family whatever whatever the last few years has been to you um there have been so many shifts and especially in the world of beauty in the world of fashion and world of shopping and how we shop and we think about how we dress dressing is very intentional right sometimes we, we don't think it is and we don't acknowledge that it is but it is intentional um and so whether it is whether you choose to just live in sweats forever long before the pandemic you know whatever it is it's still an intentional act and it's not neutral and and that um for us like really popping the hood on that is something that we dedicate um a lot of time to
0: absolutely and i mean it definitely shows and i love that you you know you guys are just staying true to the of you know we're, we're um we're journalists first you know what I mean and I just kind of going back to what you said about people getting to know the editors like that's yeah it's important because you want to know who's giving you advice who's giving the real professional advice here and I know that on past episodes I've you know um kind of this topic has come up where it's like well are editors losing their influence um in this huge realm of social media right where everyone (laughs) is like um an expert and everyone is like doing something where they have an audience and it's it makes me just kind of uh, wonder because growing up I mean I got all my advice from magazines so you know yeah. for me very interesting it's an interesting shift um and you know especially when it comes to like just representation and making sure that you know the information people are getting is truly curated I mean that's what I worry about in a way as a consumer right about how people are consuming media so I would love for your opinion on that in terms of you know when when it comes to the engagement you have with your users like Is it, you know, what kind of differences do you think you see between this and like someone who's on TikTok, you know, like, I I just want to like clarify for people, because everyone's like, you know, let me let me actually say this, too. I'm asking Simone this for everyone listening, because I actually got a comment a while ago and people were like, well, video is the new thing. You know, if you're not on video, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, telling stories of real people like, you know, (laughs) Like moment for me where I was like well wait a minute is social media the new um big magazines right like the TikTok rules that's why I want your opinion on that
1: like this I mean in my humble opinion it's it's been that way right like it isn't binary I think there's this idea of like it's either text or it's TikTok, you know? And it's like, no, it can be text, TikTok, newsletter, podcast, magazine, you know what I mean? Netflix, it could be, it's, it's linear. It's it's really, we have so many options now, right? And yeah. I think um, this is something we talk about all the time, you know, at Refinery is who, what, are you, what audience are you trying to reach and what is the best way to tell this story? What are you trying to accomplish in this story? And when you're thinking about that, right? Like say it's like, I want to tell people about farm farm to bottle formulations and skincare, right? And it's like, okay, well, is this like a general population story? Do you not, Does it not matter? Not every story has to be like, this is specifically targeted to, you know, Gen Z, right? Like not everything has to be that rigid, but just just doing the exercise in your mind, who are you trying to reach with this information, right? It could be a personal essay. It doesn't have to be something that's like deeply reported. It can be like, this is an important story and experience that I want to share um, and that people can learn from it, whether it's there, whether whether they can relate or whether that they just want to be informed. Right. And so again, who are you trying to reach? What are you trying to accomplish? And then after that, the follow-up question is, where is the best place to tell the story, the best format in order to really reach the people you're trying to reach, right? And so um, it's really important that, in, and again, in my humble opinion, that people really think through those questions as they're publishing, because sometimes the best play, place to tell that story is on Instagram in a carousel. Sometimes it should probably be a documentary that you try to, you know, take to a studio and, and develop, right? Sometimes it should be a straight up 800 word article that is very voicing well reported and has a brilliant headline, right? Um, and sometimes it's all of those things, right? A lot of times those things are interconnected, right? You get some documentary idea based off of an article that you reported, um, you know, it's someone that the, the, per, the, the personal story in, the article, and you're like, you know what, this, this actually deserves a whole lot more space and time. And um, this could probably de- be developed into something else, right. And so I'll use an example that's even more specific, again, for our 29 big style ideals, which we just launched this year, it's a trend report, right. But how we how it, how it lives. It lives differently in different places. So if you go to art.com, um, you're poking around and you get to the style section and you see, uh, we have this beautiful, beautifully designed, beautifully written and reported scroll through. That's like right on your phone. You could be standing there waiting for your train. You can be, you know, in your bed, you could be in between meetings, whatever it is, you know, you have going on in your life. It's very digestible, very snackable, but again, you'll be informed and you'll be entertained when you're done. Right. And then if you go to TikTok, what we did was we pulled out a couple of those trends and kind of tested um, some of the newer trends or trends that might be, might be new for people. We've tested those for you because we know that we have the audience's trust at Refinery. And so we kind of do the work for you. That's part of us being a service brand where if you're curious about that trend and maybe even a little bit skeptical, we'll go test it for you on TikTok, publish it on TikTok, publish it on Instagram. And then in our newsletter, I wrote a letter, a letters, excuse me, an editor's letter and our newsletter, our, our newsletter audience, um, you know, looks different from our TikTok audience, right? So the way I'm speaking to that audience is going to be a little bit different. And so I'm writing them a letter in a very intimate way. Um, but then within it, I have, you know, I pulled out a couple of trends from our big style ideas um, franchise, but then I also make it shoppable in newsletter. So if this is interesting to you, I've curated our curation, but also made it actionable for you to close that loop. So that's just an example of how it's the same 29 big style ideas franchise, but depending on what environment you're in it's going to be a different experience to cater to those segments of audiences.
0: Yeah, no that'd be that be thats actually brilliant Simone but seriously like i um you know I, I i haven't heard that before in terms of like really adapting to what platform you're utilizing you know to deliver the uh-huh. same and that's something that i you know you're the first uh, you know editor that has ever brought this up because everyone else i've talked to is like well you know you just have to know your audience i'm like what? <laughs> you're like what does that mean? I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I, I. Here's the thing, though. I I have been wanting to ask you this. I'm not gonna lie. I've been very just intrigued by how amazing you know of a job you're doing at Refinery, because I, you know, you're obviously, you know, as a fellow woman of color, you know, I know that this conversation has come up again and again about how women, um, you know, that have like just diversity in general, right? Just women are not in the right roles. They're not high up enough, you know, to make decisions. And I love seeing, you know, intelligent women, regardless of what color we are in these roles, you know, such as Mm -hmm. yours. And I would love to get some feedback from you about how, you know, you you view um you know this idea of media and news for just general consumers because there's a huge difference in the way that refinery presents information such as i'll give you an example when i go onto the website and i click on any story any story at all you're gonna see a very like equal spread of like faces and representation it's not like a all only black girls or only white girls or only it's a very nice like just melting pot of faces that consumers see. And you're not, you don't feel alienated. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's Mm -hmm. such a different experience than a lot of publications. And so um, I can't help but attribute that to the idea of like, you know, they've put the right people in the right places. And, you know, guys are really a well thought out team. So I would love to get your insight on what it's like in the news and, you know, the beauty publication world um, in terms of just bringing this forward like the true accessibility the representation inclusivity all of it
1: well i have to say um just a deep thank you um from the bottom of my heart for just acknowledging that um because it's important to every single editor writer person at uh refinery right and i think you know to your point um that was something that was missing. And it was important to me to bring that to the brand because I'd already fallen in love with the brand, right? Like you already had me, right? Um, but as, you know, a Black woman coming up in the industry and someone who loves style, loves beauty, loves, you know, thinking about money in new ways and, and lifestyle and, and, and um, you know, just kind of adulting in general. Um I yeah. definitely didn't feel seen for most of my um you know career just in terms of like the content that's putting putting out there by by brands that have really big platforms. Right. And so um the fact that you can see it and and just going on the home page, I think that's just like I want to go back to my team and be like, guys they noticed you know like it's everything we talk about all day. And the thing about refinery is like tokenism for us is a dirty word. Like we we're not about that life. Um, for us, it's, it's really, truly, um, reflecting the world that we live in. And I think that's like a saying that people throw around very often, but really don't put action behind it. And there is no perfect ratio of like, let me get a redhead, let me get an able-bodied person in this shot. Like, no, that's not, it's just, are you reflecting the stories that, that, um, uh, people are experiencing in this world and so you know a lot of that does come from the inside our team of, of um, folks is, is more diverse you know than when I arrived I'll say that um, but it's not even as diverse as I want it to be you know and that's more of a function of like you know just these limitations that happen to be out of my control um, but when we do have those limitations right I'll give you an example. Um, we call on people in a community in different communities to help us edit stories or help tell the stories that we feel like you know what i am um not of this community and i think i needed some other eyes on this story right mm-hmm. and like we always tend to do that um and, and sometimes like uh, yeah it's it's, it's it's like remarkable how we all have that mechanism um, at different levels of our team and different roles in our team and that's one thing that i think i'll always cherish about r29 um you know, I'll have like a call with, with one of the senior editors and they're like, you know what, Simone, I really feel like it's so like two other people should look at the story because, you know, as a, as a cis white woman, I just want to make sure that I'm really capturing the experience here. And I don't have any blind spots. And I'm like, people don't really hear that on calls, right? Like that's not a normal thing that, that has been normal. I should say, it's not a thing that's been normalized in our media culture, in our culture in general but it's very like just a Tuesday at Refinery. And I think it comes through in our stories and we don't always, you know, we don't do everything perfectly by any means. And I think what we're good at is like, we go back and we watch that video or read that piece and be like, Oh, we okay. Okay. That was a place, but you know, and it's like, we share that and, and it's not to just like criticize each other. It's so that hopefully we don't leave anyone out again, the next time we publish something, right. If that makes sense. Um, and, um, Yeah, I'll leave leave it at that. But I I appreciate you noticing. And it's something that is wildly, deeply important to us um, as a brand to um, make sure that we are inclusive, not for inclusive sake. It is to kind of help the rest of the world um, reframe its thinking so that it's not about who we're including because our society left them out. It's like, well, Let's just turn that on its head, right? So even like the writers, the editors, the people shooting our stories, the illustrators, um, all woven throughout the brand. Uh, we want many different perspectives.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's like the most rare thing to ever see in this like whole realm. I think that I'm I'm talking about with the publication that is extremely rare, and I absolutely. Just I'm in love with the fact that you you guys are doing it this way and that you have this approach. I mean, you know, let's be honest. I, I have talked to, you know, certain amazing women, um, you know, that were very much on the same page as what we're talking about here. And everyone said, like, you know, when you grow up in a house where, you know, most women of color, people of color, we grow up in houses where you can't make a mistake. You better, you know what I mean, make sure yeah. everything And I think that that cultural aspect of it, um, which is really what I believe represents Americans in general, right? This idea of like, we're all from different cultures, and we all have so much to bring in terms of work ethic and the way that we approach thoroughness. And these are all the things that really play into creating this inclusivity, this diversity um, in what we're putting out there for people to see. And I think, you know, that's really where I get very, you know, interested in the conversation around, well, are the right people in charge, you know, are the Uh right positions? It's more of like, well, do they have the right upbringing and the culture and that, you know, are they bringing that (laughs) to what we need? Like, that and I I don't see that you know what I mean and it's really really interesting to see how you guys are are really approaching just every aspect of you know beauty fashion everything it's it's very relatable you know and that that relatability I think comes from this idea of well we have to approach thoroughness and true journalism from multiple angles and different perspectives which really yeah so anyway you know I really want to I want to actually ask you about um you know, there's not enough career advice out there at all for, I think, young women who are, you know, young professionals, they're coming up, they might not have, you know, all the resources that a lot of their peers have, which is something I, you know, I grew up with that in medicine. <laughs> I was <always laughs> a mentor. I was always looking for advice, and I would love to get your take on that, you know, as far as rising up in the rank of editorial and publishing, like, how does that work and any advice you have?
1: Yeah, um I'm going to self promote, which is like a new muscle that I'm developing. <laughs> um we just started a new series at Refinery called Get the Job, right? And um we external we we feature all types of um talent, you know, throughout the industry, um women, non-binary, underrepresented people who are just like killing it in wherever they come from, uh, whatever parts of the the industry they may come from and Um, they decided to feature me first, which made me really uncomfortable, but now that I see the finished product, it's wonderful. Um, But I'll send it to you and and your listeners as a follow-up. But in it, um, we talk about sort of the three things to include in a cold email, right? I think one thing that's important just for anyone at any level, um, is establishing and cultivating relationships. Right. And I think for, especially young people, uh, while they're still in school, um, and then kind of those early years when they don't have a lot of experience, a lot of ambition, but a lot of, a lot of experience, um, relationships are really everything, right. It doesn't even matter the industry that you're in. And so reaching out to people and introducing yourself, but then When you do that, you know any kind of cold DM, cold email, cold LinkedIn message is going to feel for a lot of people really uncomfortable. Um, But I encourage people to kind of push themselves back, you know, push push themselves beyond that. And um, but when you do reach out to people, be really clear. Um, and intentional about what it is that you want you know and so it's saying hey um you know I love specificity right I love you know that thing that you do at Nike um, really inspired me in this way you know I'm an intern here or I just started my first job here or whatever your job is um, you know I really want to talk to you about this specific thing do you have 15 minutes for like a zoom coffee or a coffee or whatever um, you know to talk to you about this or I have a problem trying to solve right and maybe they will maybe you won't most of the time you might get rejected simply because because of people's bandwidth, right? But start developing that muscle. And then when you do get on the phone with them or you're able to meet them for coffee, again, bring that same specificity to, you know, the conversation, because oftentimes a lot of these people don't have a lot of time to, to offer, right. Even though they, they may want to in their hearts, but realistically it just isn't always feasible. So bringing that, you know, three things to the conversation, if you're having coffee with them, that you want to get out of it. And even saying to yourself, all right, when I'm done having coffee with, you know, this person, when I walk away, what is it that I'm hoping to walk away with? Right. Um, And it's sometimes, you know, what, what, like some of the smartest leaders, and executives will do is like, okay, I'm meeting with this young person or a person from a different industry or whatever. And I'm going to have those same goals too, you know? And so, you know, it's a two-way street, but I think especially for people who tend to be less experienced, um, I think creating a, a framework for yourself so that, um, again, you, you lead with intention. And then the second part of all of that is staying in touch, right? We always say, stay in touch, stay in touch, right? But like how many of us really do? And I think like that is something that uh, requires consistency and requires effort. And um, it doesn't have to be cumbersome. I think one example is, is, say you are you know, in your second job and you're still very new in your career, but you've done some projects that you're pretty excited about and you want to share. Yes, you could share across social and share with your family members, but like that's also a good time to email that person that you met at a conference or your mother's friend who you really don't really talk to you're kind of intimidated by but like you know you know that you know they're really impressive and you admire what they do you can email them and say hey um it's been a while since we talked or whatever. Use use holidays as, as milestones, right? Happy New Year. Um, I hope everything's well. I saw that thing that you did or heard about that thing. Congratulations on that. I also wanted to share with you a couple of like highlights on my end. I did this project at work that I'm really excited about. My contribution was X. Hope we can get coffee this spring when you're available. Would love to send you some dates when you have a good time. Hope all is well. Best person. Like to me, that is a short and sweet, but very intentional Um, and and again, like I don't have all the answers, but that's, that's something that has worked for me over the years. And it allows me to constantly, um, cultivate relationships and not just reach out to people when I need something or in between jobs, or, you know, I'm, I'm in a crisis, you understand? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Wow, that, that was really, really good advice. I love all of that. I completely, completely agree with you. And, you know, that is very, very solid and and a real layout. So everyone listening, if you're interested in editorial, editorial and journalism, please listen to Simone's advice, because everything she said, yes, I 100% agree with, I know I had the same or similar, you know, experiences uh-huh. going well. through like the medical field it's like reaching out making sure I'm not even lying to someone with us with our applications it's like if you don't reach out like 18 times like you're never going to land a residency like that kind right,
1: of right like just keep trying you know it sounds like cliche yes. but like please keep trying <laughs> yes a
0: hundred percent um you know and, and I really love that um people are now realizing just how difficult it is to be a journalist and to really make it because I mean Just in the last decade, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I've seen this, like, huge, um, you know, change in in a good way of just quality over quantity. Um, I've really noticed that, you know, the bar is set higher now for Mm -hmm. journalists, um, you know, by far, and especially in a world where we live, where we're dealing with all sorts of opinions especially, you know, keeping it on topic for the podcast, skincare, right? For example, everyone's an expert. Everyone's got something to say, but then for editors, we do have this higher bar set in terms of we want the real deal. We want you to, you know, to deliver this. So I guess if people can start training for that kind of mindset early, that would be, you know, just very beneficial for their careers. So I, I love that you offered that advice. Um, now I want to round up the episode because I do have some rapid fire questions for you. Um, and they're just, they're very easy. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a fun little thing I want to start doing here. And um, I'm sure everyone's really curious uh, in terms of like what you have, you know, around you and stuff. So let me get started. Um, the first one, uh, how many unread emails do you have right now in your inbox? Uh,
1: uh, let me <laughs> see. Oof. It's an embarrassing amount. Is
0: it over a thousand?
1: It is okay (laughs) it
0: is (laughs) it's Um, um, but yeah um next one favorite moisturizer right now
1: uh
0: dermalogica active moist okay uh makeup item could be anything like eyeliner anything
1: oh lip balm all day this in in the winter in the in the summer it's definitely um uh cobalt blue eyeliner or mascara oh my god that's that's my jam all day
0: (laughs) I just I remember like you know when we all used to wear like the white or the cobalt oh my god oh my
1: gosh yes Ah. the white I remember that um
0: okay what can we always find in Simone's purse or desk or car or anywhere you need something like immediate access to like a beauty product or skincare product anything like that
1: oh I have I have construction work on hands man lotion all day. (laughs) all day usually keels i need something that's kind of thick um yeah yep some kind of hand because it's like the hand sanitizer that sits next to the hands you know that sits next to the lotion so like you know i, I have to be a bit of moisturize shortly after i love that that's so cool i'm the same way
0: moisturizer <laughs> every brand i interview i'm like do you guys have a hand cream
1: because right
0: <laughs> um that's really cool. Um, well, those were just some I had and I'm, I'm so thankful. Thank you for being such a good sport.
1: And um, oh, absolutely. Thank you again for having me and just kind of being so in tune with the brand. And we hope, you know, others uh, see what you see because we really are committed to serving our audiences and you've just been so great. So um, this was this was such a highlight of my day.
0: Thank you so much. And I love that. And yes, I'm a huge fan of Friday 29. Everyone listening. If you have not already like scoured the website and read every article, please, I really urge you go check it out. Um, the whole, like I said, you know, as soon as you get onto the web page, it's like, oh, cool, these people look like me. I feel like I belong. <laughs> it's- so I really urge all of our listeners, please check out the publication and leave any questions you have for Simone. I know that, you know, like I said, Devil Wears Prada and all these movies paint this like image of editor-in-chiefs. And I would love to see what kind of questions you guys have, um, you know, going forward. But thank you so much, Simone. This has been such an honor. I really thank that. Thank you.
1: Yes. May, may I make one last plug? Absolutely. Okay, this because I know your audience is very heavy, like beauty, you know, aficionados. Um, R29 Style on Instagram, find us there. Thank you.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can even tag that. I'll tag yes, that. Yes, would love that, please. Yes, absolutely. Definitely check them out. Also, huge shout out to Kirby Johnson, because I know you guys yes! just- Yes! Gloss Angels. I love the podcast. It's amazing. Um, So everyone listening, definitely check out Gloss Angels if you have not already, which I'm sure you guys have, but I'm so excited to see what you guys do um, together. It's going to be so fun.
1: And, and, and just so everyone knows, like a little bit of context, um, Refinery just entered a partnership with um, Los Angeles and um, they are Sarah Tan and Kirby Johnson. Sarah Tan is also the beauty director um, at Refinery. And so she's got, you know, her, her hands in, in both pots. And it's wonderful because she's driving the direction of our beauty coverage, um, but also fellow journalist uh, Kirby Johnson is her partner in crime on the podcast. And uh, we are going to be partnering. And what you see uh, now with they're, their awesome podcasts is, is going to be more of that. And we're just going to compliment, you know, what they're doing. And they're going to continue to drive that editorial vision there. So, so excited. Thank you for, for mentioning that. I appreciate that.
0: Oh, I'm very excited. And I can't wait to see what's up and coming. And um, yeah, again, huge shout out to Sarah and Kirby. And you guys are going to do such great work. So I, I can't wait to, to see.
1: <laughs> amazing, amazing.
0: Uh, well, I will be Bye back. Everyone listening. Thank you so much, Simone. This was wonderful. Thank you.